Hello, I'm Dr. Scott Wadier. And I'm Tommy Welling, and you're listening to the Fasting for Life podcast. This podcast is about using fasting as a tool to regain your health, achieve ultimate wellness, and live the life you truly deserve. Each episode is a short conversation on a single topic with immediate actionable steps. We cover everything from fat loss and health and wellness to the science of lifestyle design. We started Fasting for Life because of how fasting has transformed our lives, and we hope to share the tools that we have learned along the way. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Fasting for Life podcast. My name is Dr. Scott Wadier, and I'm here, as always, I'm a good friend and colleague, Tommy Welling. Good afternoon to you, sir. Hey, Scott. How are you? As always, fantastic, my friend. Excited to have another fasting conversation today. We are in the thick of the holiday hullabaloo, as we like to call it. Thanksgiving is in the rearview mirror. Christmas is right around the corner. So we want to talk all things fasting. And guess what? Today, we get to have a fun conversation about time-restricted eating, fasting, with or without low-carb diet, reduces visceral fat and improves metabolic syndrome. Ooh. a randomized trial. So if you're thinking, wow, this is going to be a fun one. It's going to be like National yeah. Lampoon's <laughs> Christmas Vacation, but in podcast form, we are going to talk about it. We're going to break it down. And there's some really cool takeaways. So I'm excited about this conversation today, Tommy, and just want to welcome in the new listeners to the pod. If you want to learn yeah, more about Tommy and I and our journey and why we actually do what we do, feel free to head back to episode zero and episode one, check them out, hear our story. And I cannot believe that we, you know, coming up on 2 million downloads and 150 plus episodes and yeah, just so cool. crazy. So, so grateful for all of you listening yes. in. Longtime listeners, you've been on this fasting journey with us for a while and you've seen us, you know, kind of through the months to years now, you know, take this thing on and continue to fulfill our promise that we're going to continue to bring new research and how we're going to apply it to our long-term results. Cause we always say we yeah, want to begin with absolutely. the end in mind. So I love that this, this literally was published in cell reports, medicine, October mm-hmm. 10th, 2022. So some really cool stuff, brand yeah. new and how it applies. So if one of the most common things that we hear, Tommy, to kind of set the stage mm-hmm. when people come to us or start listening or reach out or join a challenge or send us an email, whatever it is, we hear a lot about the low carbohydrate approach to mm-hmm. weight loss. Okay. Absolutely, and we've, yeah. we've done episodes on this. The research for diabetics shows that it, it's not sustainable for most people. We've done an episode. But it can be that, helpful. Oh, 100%. Right? Yeah. 100%. We've also done and broken down literature on the fact that as you get closer to your maintenance goal and your body composition changes, right? And you have mm-hmm. more lean muscle and less fat that your body actually requires carbohydrate sources. Now, we are not sure. talking about refined, processed crap, okay? Right. Yeah. No, natural <laughs> sources, okay? Healthy sources of carbohydrates. Yeah. But this episode is really going to be around what were the differences between a low-carb diet versus a time-restricted eating window, so intermittent fasting, right? So an eight-hour feeding nutrition opportunity. Yeah, And so in a 16-8 intermittent fast compared mm-hmm. to the combination of time-restricted, so that eight-hour window plus the low-carbohydrate. And there's some really cool stuff that came out of it. 
Yeah, and that's a really cool place to start because like if you think about it, if you you're just coming into to fasting or just starting to think about well, you like what can I do as far as time restricted eating? Like just skipping breakfast, just waiting like pushing off that first bite of food until lunchtime, like you know, roughly 12 p.m. for for a lot of us. And then and and just having like really no restrictions on the time of it until 8 p.m. and then just having a hard line in the sand where I'm I'm cutting it off at that point so I can make sure that I'm not like snacking and and doing other things that are going to, you know, disrupt my my sleeping pattern and how I feel and and needing more insulin during those those nighttime rest hours, then I, I have nice nice line in the sand, you know? Like it's a, it's a great place to start and it's not all that difficult really to to like kind of just get away from breakfast, you know? So that's really cool and then the fact that in this study they they broke it down into not just did the subjects lose weight, which we, we see all the time. And, you know, like, yeah, there, there is some value to it. But when we go a level deeper or a couple levels deeper here and we start talking about five different cardiometabolic risk factors in this study, like this is this is what actually matters. This is where we, we get a really good insight into what's going on in that body besides just did, did the scale go up or down a pound? Who cares? How does the health look like? What does the health profile look like of the individual, right? Yeah, we're going to focus on those cardiometabolic factors, metabolic syndrome, and most importantly, we're going to highlight the visceral adiposity. So we did a couple of episodes yeah. dedicated specifically to VAT versus SAT, subcutaneous versus visceral fat. Mm-hmm. The visceral fat, the cool thing about all of these is they all reduce subcutaneous fat. So you, you all lost weight and fat. But what were the differences between the groups? And we always like to begin with the end in mind and really focus on the main drivers of health. So yes, we know that BMI is not the best metric for, it's actually just a thing that was created to study large large populations of people. There's a correlation between being in the higher categories, overweight and obese, where I was living for for almost two decades. Me too. But, you know, carrying the big 180 pounds of of lean tissue (laughs) as well though. So I I could, you know, bench press a Buick and squat (laughs) impressive numbers, but I wasn't healthy on the inside because of that visceral adiposity, that VAT, right? It's the stuff that's in between the organs that I'm still working on because that's the stuff that is like been around the longest. And it's the stuff Mm. that carries the most risk when looking at metabolic syndrome, which is three out of the five of the following cardiometabolic risks and large waist circumference. So waist circumference, height to weight ratio, a much better tracking method than the scale. Okay. Sure. High blood pressure, impaired fasting glucose. So not 99 or below, because once you get to 100 to 124, 25, it's prediabetes. We like to see 85, 86 and below. So impaired fasting glucose, because it's a slippery slope. It increases over, over, over the years, months to years to decades. Elevated triglycerides, which we know is a indicator, heart cardiometabolic risk factors Mm -hmm. and low HDL. So air quotes, there's much more to this, but air quotes, the good cholesterol, okay? The HDLC levels, right? So that excess fat in the intra-abdominal region, i.e. the visceral fat, is the primary driver and is a metabolically active tissue. Yeah. So to counteract all this, right? The biggest lever that we have is to get the weight off and hopefully target the visceral adiposity. Yeah. How do we do 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 that? How do we do that? You know, like that's, that's the million dollar question, right? But you know, so as we, as we start to, can I just say it fasting? Okay. Can we just say it? And then we'll, (laughs) then we'll unpack it here. Right. That's why we're talking about this because it's so cool. Now there is some limitations to the study and a couple of things we need to be concerned about in terms of, you know, 
body composition, et cetera, but it's all part of the process. But fasting is the answer to the, well, how do we do this? All right, let's yeah. talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, the, the other half of the fasting equation is, well, like what's on my plate during my nutrition opportunity mm -hmm. anyway? So great. I drew the lines in the sand and that's a great place to start. However, as effective as that might be, especially in the beginning, it's not always going to get you to where you want to go, depending on what your nutrition or lack thereof habits, what your eating habits look like, what what is your, your emotional connection to food and, and things like that. I had a lot of bad habits. Even though I tracked for years and years and years, coming into fasting, I had a lot of bad habits. And we hear it all the time. Hey, if I'm fasting, doesn't that mean I can just eat whatever I want? Sometimes not, for a short yeah. period of time. I would say like not Maybe. really, but you probably will, especially in the beginning. But it'll be it will be helpful to reflect on that because as you get better with your fasting, hopefully and you know, over time, you you start to have you start to make better nutrition choices. And if you haven't, then some of the stuff that we're going to uncover in, in the research article might show you why it will be a good idea to do some of that, to, to really get the needle moving, right? Yeah, it might give you some something to stand on where you're like, okay, I know I should be doing this, but why have I not been able to yet? So yeah, we're going to talk about that in just a second. So yeah. three-month randomized trial in Cell Reports Medicine, right? So this is something that just came out. The study was actually out of China. And they looked at three different groups. So there was the low carb, which is less than 130 grams of carbohydrates per day, which if you're doing low carb, that's not really that low carb, but it was still mm -hmm. cool to see the results. Yeah. TRE, time-restricted eating, all calories consumed within an eight-hour period, either 12 to eight or eight to four. And that was self-selected. Again, one of the limitations. We just did an episode recently, I can't remember when, about the differences in the results when comparing those different four and eight hour windows, which was really yeah. cool. Yeah. And then the combined group. So the TRE, the eight hour window, plus the low carb or less than 130 carbs a day. If anyone's ever done low carbohydrate, air quotes, dieting, right? The sustainability of it doesn't seem to be there for most people. And yeah. if you're doing keto or strict keto, I mean, you're talking less than 10 carbs a day sometimes. Yeah. So yeah. this is a very liberal, low carbohydrate kind of number in my in my opinion when we first that's the cool thing too it is right? and, got, and right this and this i see the word sorry flexibility yeah. here yeah sustainability i see yeah, it here it's cool. like oh i can actually eat a potato it's not gonna sure. kill me no 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 it's not now <laughs> if you have severe metabolic syndrome and severe diabetes and you're on insulin then we're gonna need to talk about limiting those things to help reverse that stuff, but that doesn't mean yeah. you can never eat it again. Right, at least for now, yeah. Like, right. Like definitely, it's gonna go a long way, but th that's a cool thing because at 130 grams, you split that up into like uh, like a 16-8. Like if you if you broke that up into to two meals, you know, per day, then, you know, you're talking about 65 grams of carbohydrates in each one of those two meals. Like like that that's fine. That doesn't necessarily seem overly restrictive, you know, to, to where I, I feel like this isn't like real life. And right. then at the same time, then I get into kind of the, the old dieting mentality, like the right. on off diet, right? That we want to avoid. Good and bad foods too, right? Yeah, so right. we don't shy away or bastardize any of the macro groups. They're all macros for a reason. They're all energy mm -hmm. supplies and sources for a reason. If you have diabetes, if you have metabolic syndrome, if you have fatty liver, if you have issues with your blood work, if you have heart disease, then we are absolutely going to recommend limiting your carbohydrates mm -hmm. to the lowest number that you can get that is sustainable for you to mm -hmm. undo the years of that disease process building. So we're not saying, oh yeah, if you're out there, no, we're not painting 
you know, <laughs> a rose colored. What's the what's the what am I trying to say here? It's not oh, all roses. OK, right. <laughs> yeah. so there is some cool stuff that comes out comparing the groups, though. But even if you were to do the 130, mm -hmm. you should, for most people, be able to see blood sugar changes and you're going to get all the benefits that we're going to unpack here in just a second. So the res overall results of the trial, Tommy, is you have your low carb group, you have your eight hour time restricted, right? And then you have your low carb plus eight hour time restricted. Right. And you have your body weight, your visceral fat, which is I love that they put this in as a marker. I love it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then secondary outcomes, those are the two primary, were glycemic control, so blood sugar numbers, triglycerides, right, mm -hmm. on your lab work, and uric acid, which was really cool to see yeah. the results because we did a whole episode on gout and uric acid and how it is a risk factor, well-known now risk factor for metabolic syndrome, which is the first, you know, the the series of symptoms and cardiometabolic concerns that we mentioned yeah. a few minutes ago. So I love that these are the markers because this is where we're talking about, oh, I just gonna lose 20 pounds. No, you just have to reverse disease and then the weight's gonna come off. If you yeah. if you do the right things, then you're gonna see the results. Yeah, that, like, like that's the thing. Understanding that the visceral fat is so highly correlated with the amount of actual body fat and like how much higher your body weight is versus what you kind of like know, like, yeah, I have this spare tire. I have this whatever. I don't need it. Like, you know, you don't need it. Your your body's not doing better because of it, right? Your, your body's doing a bit worse because it's there. So as it starts to come down, proportionally, the visceral fat starts to starts to come down, right? And then those secondary outcome measures start to improve as well. But differentiating between the methods to actually find what's working better, like we see a, a body fat reduction in the low carb group, but we see even more when they go eight hour time restricted, regardless of the carbohydrates. And then we see even more when they put both methods together, which is what we'd, we'd hope to see, like as I'm, as I'm doing more, as I'm quote unquote doing better, or like you could even like think about it as like, I'm, I'm kind of trying harder, right? Like I, I don't really like that connotation here, but the fact of the matter is we put another arsenal in, another method together, and then we start to see like combinatorial results. Like we actually mm -hmm. start to move the needle more like, you know, one plus one starts to equal three at this point, yeah. like the, the whole system's working better. Hey, y'all wanted to take a second and tell you just an incredible story about an amazing company that we've come across recently. Um, and now they are a sponsor of our show. It's airdoctorpro.com. You can head to the website, use a promo code uh, fasting for life to receive up to $300 off. But most importantly, uh, my little guy, my two-year-old has not slept consistently through the night. Uh, since he was born, we have tried everything you can imagine. He is our third child. And we're just like, what is happening? So we have gone to great lengths, time, money, and effort to figure out um, how we can help him sleep. And uh, the reality is uh, we were pretty much just resigned to the fact that this is how it's going to be until we put the Air Doctor Pro in his room. And I am not joking when I tell you the first night that we put it in his room, he slept through the night. The second night, slept through the night. Now we're up to 35 plus days that he has slept through the night. He has only woken up two times, rather than two, three times a night, two times in the last 35 days and counting. And we are just so incredibly grateful. The reality is uh, we had a feeling that it was something that we were missing. And the indoor air that we breathe is two to five times more polluted than outdoor air these days. In some cases, up to 100 times more. We spend 90% of our time indoors. 
and we take 20,000 breaths a day. So what's the solution? An air purifier, a cut above the rest. I'm not going to lie. We have tried others. We've tried other HEPA filters. We've tried other air filters. We have spent the money and they have not done the results that Air Doctor did in literally the first day that we put it in his room. They filter out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants. That includes pollutants such as allergens, pollen, pet dander, dust mite, mold spores, and even bacteria and viruses. So I don't know what it was that was keeping them up, but it is now gone. So Air Doctor comes with a 30-day breathe easy money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, send it back for a refund minus shipping. Head to airdoctorpro.com. Use promo code FASTING for life to receive up to $300 off air purifiers. An exclusive listener um, offer for you as well. You'll receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. That's exclusive to you, the podcast listener, now hearing this in real time. Lock this special offer by going to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code fasting for life. You guys know that we are very particular with who we partner with. And if it wasn't for this incredible company and this, the incredible results that we've seen, I would not be encouraging you to head to the website and take advantage of the fasting for life promo code. So if you support our sponsors, you are ultimately supporting us. We are grateful for you listening in. And now back to today's episode. I was just thinking good, better, best, yeah. right? So low carb, good. You're going to lose weight. You're going to move these markers. Yeah. Time restricted window, even though the visceral adiposity and the secondary measures did not move nearly as much when compared to the TRE. So low carb versus TRE, TRE is yeah. better. Mm -hmm. And then you combine them, boom. Yeah. Magic. Okay. So it is magic. Um, it's cool. Weight loss, body weight decreased in a greater extent in the combined group. So you're reducing the caloric intake, the opportunity. As we know with fasting, if you've been doing it, that you're going to notice changes in satiation. You're going to, your hormones, your hunger signals are going to start to balance. You're not going to be hungry. You're not going to be starving and ravenous all the time. Yeah. A lot of similarities between the, the time-restricted eating group and the combined group as well in terms of primary and secondary outcomes. Fat mass decreased in all the groups compared to the baseline with a greater decrease in the combined group. Mm -hmm. And there was a non-significant decrease in the combined group when it came to muscle mass. Hmm. So just TRE alone, there was a slight decrease and we did an entire episode on this yeah. to combat that three 30 minute resistance training workouts a week. Simply walking mm -hmm. is another great way. Yeah. Good um, protein in your nutrition opportunity. And focusing on protein as a main starting point for each one of your yeah. nutrition opportunities can combat that. But I love that, that it was non-significant decrease in the combined group. So good, better, best. Right. Yeah. It's pretty cool how that works, isn't it? It's nice. And just the fact that like understanding that as I'm dropping substantial fat, my body as a machine doesn't need quite as much muscle mass or strength to move that body through space. Like we're, we're constantly getting, we're constantly fighting against gravity right? But, but each pound that we have less, we have to fight less against gravity. And then we also have the combined results, which is the fact that when they look at what that lean tissue is versus the fatty tissue, there is, there is actually a water component in the fatty tissue as well. So we have, we have a few things to, to kind of like, you know, look into the data for some of these studies. But what I really like here too, is just the fact that when, when these 
when these health outcomes start to improve, they start to improve each other as well. Because you said one thing at the beginning of the conversation, which was that that adipose tissue, especially the visceral fat, is hormonally active tissue, right? And so we're, we're getting these signals from the actual fat tissue. And so as we start to take the weight off, the hormonal signals start to balance too, which means it starts to become easier to make more of the right nutrition opportunities because the cravings come down. And then because my body can actually understand when I'm, when I'm full or satiated, whereas those signals are getting crossed like much earlier in the process. So the more weight you have to lose, the more those signals can be crossed and the harder it can feel to kind of get the ball rolling. But as we start to just get some consistency with it, then we can, we can really start to feel that momentum build, which is, which is really cool. And it's like, it's all over the results of this study here. So I love that. Yeah, some of those secondary measures too are really cool when you look at the uric acid and triglyceride levels. So those decreased in, so gout, right? Yeah. Inflammation, uric acid, triglycerides, we don't want those things floating around in the bloodstream. Even though we're breaking down fat, there's gonna be more of that in the short term. There were no differences between the TRE and the combined group, but there was a big difference between the low carb group, right? So those things only moved in the combined or the TRE group. So fasting yeah. for the win, right? Yeah, um, fasting in low it. carb for the yeah alone yeah. right and same thing with the ldl so there was a slight increase which is what we would expect to see short term but then mm -hmm. long term we see that number come down and hdl rise as well nice so fasting blood clues decreased and the tre in the combined group with with no differences between the group markers of insulin sensitivity fasting insulin c peptide homa ir right which is the industry wow. standard for you know diagnosing insulin resistance, which is the main yeah. driver for the weight loss resistance issue. And that weight regain kind of cycle of dieting over the years, right? If you're trying to lose the same 20 pounds, it gets harder and harder. And if you've got elevated blood sugars, it's going to take that aren't working as well. You're going to, it's going to take more insulin to, to, to process that, which again, turns into resistance, which means more fat storage, et cetera. Yeah. So really cool things in terms of the outcomes. I really want to focus primarily, there was some Nuances here in terms of, you know, despite the inclusion of those several groups, the researchers did not adjust for multiple comparisons, which can result in some false positives. Dietary adherence enough was worse in the early time-restricted eating group. Mm. And it was 61 days compared to the late, which was 75 days. So people that were wow. picking the later window had more success. Yeah, I could see that. I could see yeah. that for myself. Like, what? Why do you think that we hear that OMAD dinner is so much more sustainable than like OMAD lunch or let alone OMAD breakfast? If you've been told like eat earlier in the day, right? And then you just try to do breakfast. Like, a lot of times, I'm much more likely to be eating alone or foods that I don't look forward to as much, you know, versus later on in the day. So understanding that that sustainability piece right there, or giving yourself some flexibility, allowing yourself to go, yeah, you know what, why don't I do an earlier window once or twice a week? Because I want some additional benefits. I want to kind of mix it up a little bit, but then, you know, maybe the rest of the time I'm, I'm finding myself with the, the later window and my compliance is going to be much, much better. Guess what? It's not about the home runs in the short term. It's about the sustainability and my consistency with it in the long term. That's absolutely going to dictate my results. Yeah. And it even says it here, further studies are needed to confirm whether a combination of LCD, low carb and TRE, time restricted eating, produce greater weight loss than LCD or TRE alone. Well, mm -hmm. I don't care which one it is. What works for you? <laughs> like you were just speaking to that. What's the sustainability? Now, 
If you want to get additional benefit, like we're going to talk about with the visceral fat here in just a second, then I would recommend mm-hmm. doing both, right? Yeah. So fasting for the win plus, you know, a low carb approach to get the weight off and then slowly start, you know, playing with those macro compositions and how you feel yeah. across multiple meals, across different time windows. And that's why that, you know, that variability or the sustainability, like we've seen in the previous studies where they looked at how do you sustain the weight loss? Well, there was, you know, different main categories with intrinsic and extrinsic factors involved where it showed only 5% of the people were able to sustain the weight loss for two to three years. Right. So it's like, there's an individualization here that takes place, but I love the fact that, you know, reduction in hunger and increased fullness with time restricted eating. Mm -hmm. And it's definitely, it said it may be, but it's definitely a result of the changes of the ghrelin levels and the leptin levels as things start to balance. Right. So most people think, Oh, you're fasting. You're going to starve yourself. Well, no, things actually start to get easier again the more consistent you are day to day, week to week, month to month. I can't even tell you before before time restricted eating, if there was ever really a time that I felt like satisfied, satiated, like quote unquote full, it it was like every two or three hours. Yeah. What am I kind of eating or snacking on, you know, next? Because the the boundary, the 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 discipline, but the practice wasn't there. And then like the the hunger cues and the the lack of satiety. They were, they were just all over the place. I mean, it was haywire. I didn't understand it at the time, but then, you know, you start to, to put in the, the boundaries and get consistent with it and actually apply it over a little bit of time. Those things really do start to balance in like a, in a powerful way. I would never go back. Like, absolutely not. But it sounds yeah. kind of intuitive, especially at the start. It, it does, especially the start. Or if you've been off it for a while, just yeah. remember how you felt when it was, you know, when it was working, right? Yeah, yeah when things um, were clicking. Yeah, when things were clicking. So I want to highlight one thing here is the visceral fat component, right? So mm-hmm. that's that visceral fat, that deep fat that's that's in between the organs, right? The belly, the yeah. midsection. By the excess, heart, lungs, liver. Yeah. I mean, yep. it's, yeah. Intestines, all that stuff, yep. right? So excess visceral fat is central to the development of metabolic syndrome. So that stuff, we all of the cardiometabolic issues we mentioned in the beginning. And it leads to adipose tissue dysfunction, right? metabolically active fat cells, right? Yep. They're mm-hmm. like mutinying against your results. Okay. They're having <laughs> these little meetings going, we're going to get them, right? Staging a coup on your right. body. <laughs> and insulin resistance. So yeah. the expansion of visceral fat and insulin resistance increases circulating free fatty acids, which infiltrate the liver and the skeletal muscle and disrupt the glucose homeostasis or balance, right? Yeah. So they respond, those two tissues, skeletal, muscle, and liver, by increasing the breakdown, which results in decreased glucose uptake in muscle, along with an increased glucose and triglyceride production and increased HDL clearance in the liver. Mm. So never mind that, does visceral adiposity then alter the secretion of adipokines, which are the hormones and cytokines and other proteins secreted by fat tissue? So now we've got metabolically broken fat cells. Never mind, do we have more of them? And then it's included increased secretion of pro-inflammatory inflammation cytokines, right? Interleukin-6, TNF factor or tumor necrosis factor alpha, reduce secretion of adiponectin, contributing Mm -hmm. to a chronic state of low-grade inflammation and the deterioration of the cardiometabolic health. So visceral adiposity should really be like the main focus of how we're going to combat insulin resistance and long-term sustainability. 
right? Yeah. Of, of why we need to get the weight off for the long term. Yeah, that's the key to our to our long term health, right there. And then the, you know the the next logical question is, well, like how do I do that? Well, just remembering how intertwined it is with the overall excess body fat level. Like they're so highly correlated between that and actually what I'm I'm bringing in during my nutrition opportunities is going to give you know the the actual signals of if I'm depositing or if I'm burning more of the the visceral fat here. So I I just I love the fact that that we've we've been able to highlight a few of the things that that work and what helps like pour gasoline on the fire to do those things like better and and then taking into account the the consistency and the sustainability piece that like allows you to actually keep going with it so that you can make substantial progress over time because like what what's the point if I'm if I'm just you know dropping a few pounds and then kind of putting it back on and then just yo-yoing back and forth in fact usually it ends up with a little bit less muscle each time a little bit more visceral fat each time and then a little bit more insulin resistance so those things combined and then I'm I'm a little older too right so so all those factors combined means that that's exactly why every time I go to lose the weight it's a little bit harder the next time now like this is the time I have to get it right this time and I have to be thinking about long term how am I going to sustain this how do I keep this off because that that's the key right there right yeah. And they, they actually talk about that time-restricted eating and how, whether or not it's going to, you know, have an accelerated process on decreasing the visceral fat. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll tell you, even if a hypocaloric diet utilizing a longer eating period did the same thing, I know that fasting and all the other benefits that I get from it, right? The hunger, the, the BDNF increase, the, the better energy, the better sleep, all of the things that I've only been able to obtain personally. Yeah. through sticking with consistent fasting that works for me rather than counting and weighing and stoking my metabolism three times a day with yeah. you know meals unquote, and snacks yeah. right quote unquote right, right? Yeah. so the limitations here are are here in the study they that you know further studies all that kind of thing the cool thing is is that better good better best yeah this is a three-month trial this is a three-month study mm -hmm. so a 12-week study they mentioned assessed changes in visceral fat with TRE also reported significant decrease in visceral fat at the end of 12 weeks. The TRE group lost a significant amount of body weight and fat mass where mm -hmm. the outcomes did not control, did not change in the control group. So mm -hmm. wow. the arrows, regardless of where you fall on the spectrum of the choice that you're going to use to apply fasting as your lifestyle change, that you're going to be continuing to build on over the weeks to months to years to get the long-term sustainable decreased risk in cardiometabolic factors as well as increased health longevity vitality etc there is flexibility in this so the encouragement here is if it's not working then think back to when it was working and mm -hmm. do more of those things we overcomplicate this as you can just tell by this previous conversation right, right. we can go in a ton of different directions and get excited about it ah right the result is there when you use TRE or LCD, low carb, right? Combining them is going to give you some of the best of both worlds in short-term results. But then yeah. what do you do? But then what's the plan? Yeah, but then what? Yeah, what I also heard there was like knowing what you're actually going after too, because right. you, you mentioned it earlier, which is like, are you are you just thinking about like 10 pounds on the scale and, right. and what that means? Or is, is there a little bit more like 
hiding underneath the surface, like lurking under the surface. And sometimes that's the visceral fat, but it, it might be something else there too. And that can be an important point for, for, you know, why you're doing this too. And that can help set the next fasting timer. So if you're, if you're feeling like you're, you're moving in the right direction or you've, you've been, or you've been at a standstill for a while, like it, it's either time to like go back to what's been working or it's time to like lean in a little bit and, and do more and like maybe get a little bit more serious about, about why or what you want here. Because like, like, do you really want to be doing this again? Do you really want to, you know, make progress and then, and then go backwards? Like if that's been the pattern, like that was my pattern a, a thousand times, it feels like, did I really want to do it again? Like, no, absolutely not. Like at, at a certain point I realized, no, like there's no way I'm going to do this again. Like I'm going to get it right and I'm going to keep it right. Like that, that's it. Yep. And then, so we've got two main levers. You get your fasting time and then you've got your food choices, right? So start yes. there, start yes. simple, keep it simple. If you've been doing the eight hour window that the study has been showing, right? You are getting benefit. If the scale is stalled and your measurements are changing, you're making long-term weight loss success mm -hmm. because that, be that is fat your body right is shrinking. Yes, yeah. yes. And more. Yes. So staying consistent, focusing on the right targets, keeping it simple. So if you guys are looking for some guidance on how to take your fasting to the next level, if you've been doing the eight hour window and you wanna go to more of a one meal or one window a day, head to the website, thefastingforlife.com or thefastingforlife.com forward slash mm -hmm. resources. We have the fast start guide, which is six simple steps to put fasting into your day-to-day -day life. There's yeah. also an insulin assessment on that website where it can, because you can't measure insulin resistance at home, but it mm -hmm. is a subjective questionnaire that will indicate whether or not you have some of the signs or symptoms of insulin resistance. And you ha now have a plan. You get our little video series that comes with it, the mini masterclass, and it will allow you to level up no matter where you are. Brand new, been on, you're off, you're back on again, mm -hmm. or you're ready to break through that next plateau, right? So- so cool. We also want to invite you into the Facebook community group. The link is in the show notes, a place where you can go and break the first two rules of fasting, which are don't talk about fasting and don't talk about <laughs> fasting, meaning to the outside folk that don't understand what it is that you do, especially around the holiday season that we're in. You're having mm. results. Somebody gives you the compliment. Hey, you look great. What are you doing? Oh, I'm fasting. Don't say that at Christmas dinner. Okay. Right. <laughs> Come to the Facebook group, come around like-minded people, talk about your fasting plans and your strategies, get some support for the holiday season. We want to see you guys succeed and win, Tommy. Final thoughts yeah. as we wrap up today's conversation. Yeah, do more of what's working. And yep. you know, just just like you said, in the in the holidays, knowing support. Yeah, knowing the fact that you have a place for support and you can have those conversations, that's a big part of it because you yep. need to enjoy the process and feeling connected is a big part of enjoying the process. So do more of that yep. and keep seeing new results. Absolutely. Make it a great awesome. holiday season and kick off 2023 with the right momentum. Yes. Because that is a great feeling going into a new year right there. Yep. Absolutely love it. All right, sir. Appreciate the conversation as always. We'll talk soon. Thank you. Bye. So you've heard today's episode and you may be wondering, where do I start? Head on over to thefastingforlife.com and sign up for our newsletter where you'll receive fasting tips and strategies to maximize results and fit fasting into your day-to-day -day life. While you're there, download your free fast start guide to get started today. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to leave us a five-star review and we'll be back next week with another episode of Fasting for Life. 